overcoming debilitating fear to experience exhilarating forgiveness. That's the message of author Judy Miller, who wrote the book Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. Our guest today on episode number 141 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. What we uncovered on the story was that some of that pain and that terror that I felt each night was actually from my mother. But the story doesn't actually end there. Hi, this is Dr. Rebecca Louisa Smith, the author of Born to Do It, where I help you tap into your soul purpose and become a leader in a business niche using powerful spiritual techniques. Dr. Brad Miller has a powerful podcast for Beyond Adversity, which will help you to overcome adversity to achieve peace of mind. Hello, good people, and welcome to Beyond Adversity, the podcast where we seek to help you to navigate adverse conditions in your life and to achieve peace, prosperity, and purpose. Today, in episode number 141, we're going to be talking about a pathway to love, forgiveness, and transformation with the author of Perfect, and her name is Judy Miller. Here on Beyond Adversity, we look to try to help you to get a pathway to a promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. And you can go to our website, drbradmiller.com, for a free gift there and lots of back episodes of the podcast, which can help you get on track to discovering joy in your life by overcoming adversity. Judy Miller was a highly successful CPA and corporate finance executive who, unknown to her co-workers, lived in terror of the night and of possible sexual assault. Happily married with children, her fears made life a modern-day nightmare. But what was worse is she had no idea why. There was nothing in her own personal background that would warrant this near-constant state of fear. And in her book, Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation, she relates the extraordinary path that she took to discover the root of those fears. It's an amazing journey that Judy was guided to take that brought the exact right people together in the exact right order to right a wrong committed decades earlier before her birth, but which had left a shadow on her soul. Today on Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller, we're going to hear all about her spiritual journey that unfolded to open her heart to complete and total forgiveness across multiple generations and showed her the perfection which she is and that we are. She can be found in blogs at judymiller.net. That's J-U-D-I-M-I-L-L-E-R.net. Let's get into our conversation with Judy Miller, the author of Perfect, right now. So we welcome Judy Miller to the Beyond Adversity Podcast. It's great to be here, Dr. Brett. Awesome. It was so awesome to have you here with me today. I've looked through some of the materials about your book, and it sounds like you just had an incredible journey. And we like to talk here about people who have had a journey in their life, a journey of transformation. But a journey of transformation starts really when we have to come to terms with an area where we're stuck or we have some problems or issues. Uh, just tell us a little bit about your background and maybe the place where you were having some challenges that you had to, uh, to overcome. 
Sure. I'd like to start by asking you three questions, you and your listeners. So have you ever felt different like you didn't belong? Of course I have. And I'm, I know I talk to people all the time on our podcast and our listeners who are feeling stuck or somehow disjointed or disconnected from either their family or friends or coworkers or society as a whole. I think that may be particularly the case now when we're doing this whole uh, crazy situation with the COVID crisis and political upheaval and racial injustice and all kinds of things. Some people feel out of place. Right. And have you ever felt incomplete, perhaps searching for someone or something to make you feel whole? Well, that is a, a common thing for, I think, for a lot of folks, including myself, where you are searching for something else, someone else or something else in order to fill those gaps. I think a lot of people search for completeness through other things. It might be a substance abuse uh, circumstance, or it might be, you know, buying a new car that uh, they don't need. It might be a midlife crisis thing. All kinds of things uh, can be there. And uh, apparently that's where you're going with what we're talking about here. Some of you're (laughs) going to help us search for some of these things. Absolutely. And the last question, have you ever felt unworthy, always having to prove yourself over and over again? Well, I think uh, anytime we live in a world where there's a lot of things driven by guilt or a lot of things that are driven by uh, being uh, under pressure and criticized, and when you're under pressure, uh, you want to try to respond to it. And that is, I think, what you're sharing here there. When you're trying to respond to things, you're trying to come up to standards, come up to par. And so certainly. so. And, and the reason I ask you and your listeners these questions is because these feelings have literally plagued me for most of my life. As you mentioned in the introduction, I started my career as a CPA and then went into work in finance in the healthcare industry for over 20 years. And along this journey that I recently had, I learned how to let go of all of those feelings and truly experience true freedom and happiness And that's the reason why I actually wrote Perfect. Also in the introduction, you said the subtitle to the book is A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. But one of the things that I discovered on this journey is that there's so many different definitions of forgiveness. But for me, forgiveness is really simple. It means to forego or to let go of. So we each are going to have painful or unwanted experiences in our lives. We could either experience it once or we could play it over and over again, literally hundreds, even thousands of times until it becomes stuck, it becomes our identity. So for me, forgiveness simply means to let go of those contracted stories, those contracted energies that no longer serve us so we can move forward and experience joy and happiness. I do believe that it's one of the greatest gifts that we can give ourselves. It's an act of self-love. But I do have to- So many people get stuck, especially when those uh, old memories or perhaps our experience, even when someone may have been passed on or something, still lingers with us. So you help Mm -hmm. us to understand how we can deal with those things that linger. Exactly. So forgiveness for me is not condoning the actions of another person. It's getting us out of that cycle of victimhood. So I'd love to take a few minutes and share my story with you. Please do. Please do. So my story might sound a little unusual, maybe even uncommon to some of your listeners, but I do believe it holds a promise for us all. So like many children, I had fears as a child. I was afraid of drowning, but I was terrified of the night. And if you've never felt terror, the best way that I could describe it for people is if someone jumped out in front of you unexpectedly and your heart starts to race, your palms begin to sweat, maybe you can't even breathe. And I think for most people, those sensations often last maybe a few seconds. But for other people like myself, it would literally last much longer. And as a child, I had this terror of the night 
I could felt I could feel different energies around me, and I didn't know if they were there to help me or to harm me. So literally, Dr. Brad, night after night, I would crawl into bed, I would pull the covers over my head, and I would recite the Lord's Prayer over and over again until eventually I would fall asleep exhausted. And this was my ritual night after night. It continued well into my 20s. As I mentioned, you know, I started my career as a CPA, so here I am going to work during the day and then at night crawling back into bed terrified of what I couldn't explain. And then I actually met my husband at work. We got married and we had two children. And in the exhaustion of raising two incredible kids, commuting three hours a day to work and working 40 to 50 hours a week, in that exhaustion, everything stopped. The terror stopped, the energy stopped, everything stopped. But then my kids grew up and they went off to college and the house became silent. And in that silence, everything returned. The terror, the energies, the subtle whispers, it felt like if someone was always near me, looking at me, around me, I would tiptoe around my house, literally afraid of what I might encounter. I would wake up at night, clutching in fear at my husband, and soon we both began to lose sleep. So Dr. Brad, around the same time, I actually started to bleed uncontrollably month after month. I went to see my doctor, and my doctor said that I needed to have a hysterectomy. I was terrified of this surgery, and I couldn't understand why. Um, I had worked in the healthcare industry for over 20 years, and I trust modern medicine. But it felt like the same terror that I had as a child, the same terror that returned to me as an adult. So a good friend of mine actually recommended that I read a book called Light Emerging by Barbara Brennan. Barbara was actually a former NASA physicist, and she actually studied the human energy field. And what she learned, she was actually able to heal people. So literally days before my surgery, I found myself Googling healers near me. And as I sat across from my healer for that very first time, I literally felt like my entire life was locking into place, but I didn't know the role that that healer would actually play in my family's history. So my healer helped me heal after my hysterectomy. And then we started to explore this unexplainable fear and terror of the night. We looked at my childhood experiences to see if there was anything that had elicited but nothing did. And then we started to talk about my parents. We know that we inherit so many things from our parents, the color of our hair, the color of our eyes, the shape of our nose and other physical characteristics. But the science of epigenetics says that we could also inherit the pain and the trauma that our parents experienced, but not only just our parents, but our ancestors. So um, she introduced me to some amazing research that was done on Holocaust victims where actually Holocaust survivors, their children and their grandchildren actually had the same pain and terror in their body. And there's been some recent research with actually mice. So they introduced the smell of cherry blossoms to mice and then they would zap the mice on the feet. So Dr. Brad, as you can expect, after a while, just the smell of cherry blossoms would trigger the fear without the zapping. But what was amazing was that the rats and mice's children and their children was also triggered by the smell of cherry blossoms and would also have that fear in their bodies. So what we uncovered on this journey was that fear and that terror that I felt each night wasn't actually my own. It was actually a cellular memory from my mother. And they also say that all female babies are actually, most female babies are actually born with two to three million of their reproductive eggs at birth. And many people believe that they actually don't produce any more after that. So all of the triumphs and the traumas that your mother experienced as a child growing up, in many cases on a cellular level, you were there as an unborn egg. Um, so what we uncovered on the story was that some of that pain and that terror that I felt each night was actually from my mother. 
But the story doesn't actually end there. There's actually a shocking connection to the very healer that I trusted to heal me. Um, she was actually the person ancestrally who had caused the pain and the terror in my family. And in that moment of revelation, Dr. Brad, I could have felt fear, pain, maybe even betrayal, but I didn't. All I felt was the love and the perfection of the universe. And I saw how unconditionally loved we are and how all of our lives are interconnected. Um, so the reason I wrote Perfect is because I see so many people in the world hurting and carrying so many feelings that I've carried for most of my life. But on this journey, I actually learned to let go of those negative stories and experiences that don't serve us and actually see the miracle in it. So that's why I wrote the book. That is awesome story there. You have to share, Judy, and really intrigued by the fact that you went through a significant period of time, it appears like, in your married life and raising your children, where apparently, for whatever reason, your activity level being so high and so on, that you did not have the manifestation of the uh, the night terrors or the fear of the dark and things like that. And yet, when quiet happened, and you had time in a, in a different mode to deal with this, that these came back. Interesting about that activity level, and what you, you might want to say something about that in a moment, but I'm also interested that you took some action to deal with it, and so many people don't. And so to say some more what motivated you to take action, I like to call it bold action, in order to break out of our adversity, we got to do something about it. So what motivated you to take the action you needed to do to say, I am not going to live with this, I'm going to do something about it? So, you know, there's actually a couple of experiences that I go into depth in my book, which I'd love to share that kind of spurred that action forward. Sure. Um, the first one actually happened on Good Friday. I was actually visiting my children. They were both in college and we were sitting there waiting for mass to start. And as I sat there just waiting, an overwhelming sense of love literally just descended on me. And it was every sort of love you could possibly imagine magnified a million times. And, you know, as a child, I was always I was always fascinated by people with near-death experiences. They talk about the light. They talk about this overwhelming sense of love. So here I was in church feeling this incredible wave of love that I couldn't explain. And I looked around the church to see if anybody else was experiencing it, but nobody else was. But in that moment of experience, I realized how incredibly loved we all are. As I mentioned, I carried this this feeling of being different and unworthy for most of my life. But in that moment, I realized how false that was. Um, so that's actually what started it all. Um, and then also when I was uh, home recovering from my hysterectomy, my doctor had given me painkillers, but I actually refused to take them. There were so many stories that I had written about how people had become addicted to it and I just didn't want to go there. So I actually refused to take painkillers. And as I laid there in bed, um, this gentle guy would gently drift in and out of my awareness. It was almost like an Irish nurse who would just literally sit and be with me. And like I said, my story might sound a little unusual or a little uncommon to people, but I do believe there's just so many messages for all of us. And as she laid there with me and sat there with me, she said, um, we're always loved, never alone, never abandoned. If you knew who stood beside you, you would never be afraid. And I realized that in every moment of our lives, the creator, the God of our understanding is always with us and there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, so that was, that was a second experience that I had that all led up mm -hmm. to this miraculous experience and healing um, that I went through. 
And if it's okay with you, I'd love to share two other ones with you. Well, yeah, let me reflect with you briefly, and then I want you to go on there. I just think it's cool from a from a theological perspective and biblical perspective that you had this transition on Good Friday, and that also that you had a comforter with you, this comforter image with you. Those are certainly biblical and theological images there, with Good Friday being, of course, from the transition of death into new, you know, into new life or the opportunity for new life. And so you're having some of those transitions going on there. And I just think it's interesting. And then you had the comforter who was with you there, which is the ongoing Mm -hmm. guidance. And so please continue with your story now about how this action that happened led to some transformation. So um, as I mentioned, I worked with my healer for several months and, you know, it's, it's a progression of these different miraculous things that happened. And she offered to do a hypnosis Um, She said, sometimes, you know, by going through hypnosis, you can uncover where some of your fears are coming from. So I volunteered and I said, okay. And as I laid on her healing table, I literally felt like I was ascending through different colors, through like a purple haze and then out into this bright white light. And again, like I said, it almost sounds like a near-death experience. And in that bright white light, I emerged with this overwhelming, again, feeling of love. And the message this time that came through is that We can all come home by loving and accepting who we are exactly as we are and that the joy is in the reunion, in the reunion of remembering who we are. Um, And that was truly a profound message for me. And I think it's a a message that's so applicable to our times. You know, when you started off the show, we talked about the unprecedented times that we're going through. And I just see so many parallels about how we're being sent home right? We're being sent home. And I believe that the isolation that we feel is not the isolation from each other, but from the isolation and being disconnected with the creator and from the essence of who we truly are. And that this is our opportunity to reconnect with ourselves because so many of us who abandoned ourselves emotionally, spiritually, physically. Um, so this is the universe's opportunity to let us all heal. Um, so that was another experience. And that's a powerful aspect of this. And I, I really like to think in terms of how a part of a transformation, a part of the journey that I'd be called, you know, a pathway to promised life is uh, we need to draw on a power higher than ourselves. We have to connect with a power uh, higher than ourselves. And you certainly are describing that and uh, about how, you know, we, you, you choose to draw upon that power and people call it all kinds of different things. They call it meditation. They call it prayer or transformation. But I just want to invite you to go a little bit deeper on how uh, your choosing to connect up with a higher power became transformative uh, to you. Just say a little bit more about the power of this mm-hmm. transformation through a high, through your spiritual development. Right. So I can give you an example of how it's totally transformed my life. So as I mentioned, I felt different most of my life. Mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't fit in. So we all know that through the law of attraction, what we focus on grows stronger in our awareness. So of course I felt different. So I married a man that was completely different than me, racially, culturally, and spiritually, very, very different. And because I felt different, I felt like I didn't belong to his family. And there was a moment when in the story when his mother passed away, I'm not a medium, But because I believe my heart was wide open, I was actually communicating to her. And I can't explain how I was communicating to her. And she literally showed me every experience that I had with his family. It went by literally in seconds, like flashes on a movie screen. And what I saw and learned from that experience is 
what we hold and what we project is mirrored back to us. So the stories and the traumas that we hold in our bodies and in our minds are reflected back to us in our experiences. So it's almost like the best way I could describe it is our energy field. The, the traumas, the emotions, the stories, the judgments, the labels that we hang on to get stuck in our energy field and it distorts the way that we're able to see the world. So what she taught me was that what we hold is mirrored back to us. So the feeling of being different was mirrored back to me in those experiences. So what I explain in answer to your question, what I explain in the story perfect is how to let go of those stories that no longer serve us. And I think truly that's where, you know, readers can actually um, apply a lot of these principles in their own lives. That's awesome. You talk a lot in your book about love and forgiveness and transformation. And I'd like to talk to you for a minute or for, I mean, for you to share with us a little bit for a minute about those, those concepts. So part of what I'm getting at here is that we have this, what we've been talking about, this connection to the greater power, power greater than us, but the loving relationships, both, as you mentioned, with family members or others, is, I believe, a part of the emotional fuel that keeps us going in this transformation. So I'd just like you to speak for a minute about the power of emotion, especially the emotion of love, and how this forgiveness aspect of love can be transformative. Speak to us a little bit about love, forgiveness, and transformation. Mm -hmm. And uh, it might be a, a little unusual the way I respond to you, but I believe all emotions are meant to be felt as sensations in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Emotions, sensations. Like a physiological thing, you mean? It, exactly. Perfect. So yeah. Dr. J Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor wrote My Stroke of Insight. She was a Harvard neuroscientist, and she was able to heal herself from traumatic brain injury. And in her book, she talks about this 90-second rule, that when an event happens, either good or bad, so it could be a positive event or a negative event. It literally takes us 90 seconds to process that event through our physiology and then let it go. If it lasts longer than 90 seconds, it means that we're holding on to it and we're either creating a positive story or a negative story. So to me, emotions are truly meant to be felt in our bodies. And I believe that many of us, number one, haven't been trained to truly process our emotions. Sometimes we don't process them, we're afraid of feeling them, or we think about them instead. And by thinking about them and creating these stories and these labels and these judgments, we really never process it and are able to let go of it. Hmm. Interesting about that. And it seems like there might be a connection here. One of the concepts you talk about a little bit in your book is the, uh, the happiness set point, which almost sounds like a, I know people, I've, uh, uh, when I talk to people about health issues, physical health issues, so that people talk about a weight loss set point or things like this, you know, how you get stuck, basically stuck. Mm -hmm. Is this related here at all to what we're talking about here, having a happiness set point that we think we only deserve so much? So go, go, go there with me for a minute about help us understand how we can have some breakthroughs on this emotion, mm -hmm. this emotional process, or some of the exercises that we can do. So the, uh, the analogy that you made to weight is perfect. So a happiness set point is the genetic and learned response for us to hover around a certain level of happiness, like how we normally, forget COVID-19, but mm -hmm. how we normally hover around a certain level of weight on a scale. So it's kind of like accepting a certain level of satisfaction and not seeking something greater than that? No, it's just a normal level state of happiness. Okay. So they've, they've done studies where lottery winners and even paraplegics 
a year after the event happened, they returned to the same level of happiness based on their genetics and learned response. But we have 60,000 thoughts a day. 95% of them are the same ones we had yesterday and the day before. And 80% of them are quite negative. So as humans, we are hardwired to focus on the negative aspects of a situation. And I believe millions of years ago, it served us as cavemen and cavewomen. It was important for our survival, but we no longer live in that reality. So we need to learn, we need to retrain ourselves to not just focus on the negative aspects of the situation. Um, So that's why the happiness set point is so important because 50% is genetic, our happiness set point, 50% is genetic, 10% is our external circumstances like our marital status, our level of wealth, our job, and 40% is dictated by our um, thoughts, labels, and judgments. But the science of epigenetics says that 50% that's genetic is actually also influenced by our thoughts as well. So we have a significant amount of control over the level of happiness that we can experience in our lives. So how do we do that? What I want to get with you here now is you say we have a significant amount of control, and Mm -hmm. yet so many people uh, feel, Judy, like they are out of control or life is happening to them, and I can't do a daggone thing about it. And particularly in this time, we've been talking about with COVID and racial unrest and economic distress and all kinds of things. People are feeling like, this is just crushing me. I'm being crushed by circumstances. Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing you say is you don't have to accept that. You don't have to be stuck. You can do something about it. It has to do with your mental state, your emotional well-being, and so on. But I'd like for you to help us get some handles on some disciplines, some mm-hmm. actions, some exercises, perhaps, that we can do to move beyond that, to get this to this transformed state. And I know that you had to have done some things that you can teach us and help guide us through to help people to, to about this discipline piece. Sure, I'd love to. So I have an acronym that I call NEST, and I use the acronym to kind of remind myself of the different steps that I went through. But before we go through the acronyms, I'd just like to share with you, um, Dr. Stephen Covey wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People in the late 80s. Yes, and he one, said between, one of my most favorite books. I have about eight books that are foundational, what I'm about, and that is one mm-hmm. of them. Oh, perfect then. Yeah. So he said, our greatest power, between stimulus and response is our greatest power, our power to choose. And that was one of the quotes from his book. And what it means for me is between stimulus and response, there's a gap. And in that gap, we get to choose our reaction to any situation. So this is how I use NEST. So N starts, N, N stands for notice, to become aware, observe our thoughts and our feelings, right? So many of us just react, but we really do have that gap to where we get to actually notice the thoughts we're having. Are they predominantly negative? Are they predominantly positive? What can we do? So the first step is to notice our thoughts, okay? The second one is E in nest is to experience the emotion. So as I mentioned before, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor says it takes us 90 seconds to truly feel and process an emotion in our body. So instead of immediately going to a thought, learn to actually take it to the body. So, So when somebody said a hurtful thing to me because I felt different as a child, if they said something hurtful where I felt it, it felt like an elephant sitting on my chest, 
right? It felt like an elephant sitting on my chest and I couldn't breathe. So start to notice when something happens, where are you feeling it in your body? Our emotions are meant to be felt. So feel it in your body. Take the 90 seconds to truly process it. If you need to scream, if it's appropriate, if you need to cry, if it's appropriate, do those things and then let it go. Right? So the other one, the S stands for scratch the record. So many of us play that same story. As I mentioned to you before, we have 60,000 thoughts and 95% of them are the same ones we had yesterday and 80% of them are negative. But when we start to have those negative thoughts, scratch the record. Um, so there's different ways to do it. And some of them you've probably even heard. So as soon as you start to have that negative thought, don't let it take root. You can say, cancel, 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 stop. You could replace it with a more empowering thought. That's one way. You could also, people put rubber bands on their wrists and they sling the rubber band. And the reason I think that works is because number one, it disrupts your thinking and your story, but it also gets you back into your body where you're truly meant to process these emotions and then let them go, right? It's the stories that keep repeating. And then the last one that I like to use, I actually learned from Tony Robbins years and years ago, and I call it zany crazy thing. So in this seminar, this woman was talking to Tony and she wanted some guidance. And as she was speaking, Tony picked up a glass of water and splashed it in her face. Mm. And the woman was flabbergasted. Shocked and, you know, her, yeah. Tony's a very loving and caring person. So it shocked her. It shocked her, right? So she was flabbergasted. Then she started to talk to Tony again. And she was good. And then about five minutes into it, she started complaining about her husband again. Tony picked up another glass of water, splashed it in her face. And again, he was doing this from a loving place so she could learn. So it taught her two things. Number one, it helped her realize that she was going back into this negative cycle over and over again. So many of us are on autopilot. We don't really realize that we're having all of these negative thoughts over and over again. But it also disrupted the story. It scratched that record so she couldn't play that story again. And my husband and I have adopted it ourselves. So have you ever gotten to an argument with I mean, your you've adopted the throw water at each other all the time? Is that what you <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no. So we've changed it. We've changed it. Because okay. if my husband threw water in my face, I'm not sure if I would be as loving as kind. And <laughs> there you go. I'm just, I'm just having some but, fun with you. But have you ever gotten to a place where you just have to prove you're correct? I mean, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it gets crazy like that with my husband and I. Sure. And what we agreed to do is not splash water on each other's face, but we agreed to reach over and grab each other by the nose. Oh, really? So it just makes us start... <laughs> It That's just awesome. makes us start laughing, yeah, right? Right. It's it's yeah. so absurd, so crazy that it scratches the record. We can't yeah. play the story. And it's always hit the the, the, the uh, delete key over and over again, and just keep on doing it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Whatever whatever works for different people. Sure. Well, what about the T in nest? So T is uh, tender, loving care. So, as I mentioned earlier, when we were talking, I feel so many of us have abandoned ourselves emotionally. Um, so the importance of gratitude, we know, again, through the law of attraction, what we focus on grows greater in our awareness. So gratitude, um, love, um, and, and as we wrap this up, I can definitely share with you an exercise on love. So, you know, emotionally, um, spiritually, have, have, are we taking time for prayer or meditation or silence or stillness or walking in nature? And it could be different for everyone. And then also physically, are we taking care of 
ourselves physically by moving, um, eating correctly, you know, drinking, sleeping, mm -hmm. drinking water, sleeping. But so many of us have abandoned ourselves and we need to take care of ourselves. That's yes. so important on this journey. Absolutely. Well, that's what we're talking about, healing and wholeness and coming to a good place. I like to call that place the promised life. I believe that everyone has a God-given promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. And so many people don't, uh, you know, don't get there. They don't settle for that, the promised land, as it were. And they just uh, go, they get stuck and they, they, they let adversity crush them. And we live in a time of that. And you're giving us some good, helpful pieces here. And what I really like to bring this around Judy is this, I'd like to, I'm really big in helping our uh, listeners and your readers to have some pragmatic tools, some things they can take with them that will help them kind of right now. You, you mentioned a 90 second process where people can make some transformation. And so two things I'd like to see, is anyone that, that your book has influenced or your, your teaching, or maybe someone who's been part of that you've seen some transformation take place with them. And then maybe some hints or tips or some uh, applicable principles that we can help people mm -hmm. take away even today. Yeah, definitely. I, I experienced it firsthand, the transformation by applying these tools and principles in my own life. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, so that really speaks to me. But I know that so many people feel lonely right now. Yes. And feel isolated. So I discovered this quite by accident. So as I was laying on my healer's table week after week, she would work on me for 15 to 45 minutes. And as I laid there, and we can do this right now with your with your listeners and with yourself as well. Sure, I would go for it. I would literally lay there with my eyes closed. And as she worked on me, I would bring in an image of a person or a place or a thing that I loved. And when I close my eyes, I actually don't see anything. Um, some people visualize like myself where it's just complete blackness. So I invite people to not only just see it, but to feel it. What are they hearing, tasting, touching in that scene, that loving memory of that image? And it could be of a spouse, a partner, a friend. It could be a pet. And then when you feel all of those sensations of love, bring in another image. It could be a beautiful sunset that you've seen and just the emotion and the love that you felt or the gratitude. I believe love and gratitude are some of the highest vibrations on earth. It could be the first snow, snowfall that you've actually ever seen. It could be the first kiss. It could be the birth of your grandchild or the birth of your child. And as I laid there experiencing all of this, my vibration became higher. My heart opened. Um, and one of my good mentors, Dr. Sue Mortar, says you can actually just lay there also and you could put your hand on your heart and you could say, this is for me. And you can multiply it even 10 times more. And then you could say, this is me because the essence of who we are truly is love. And by doing this simple exercise week after week, I realized that I could create that feeling and emotion of overwhelming love for myself in any moment. It wasn't dependent on anyone, anything, or any circumstance. Um, so I invite people to do that because it's very powerful when we can feel alone and isolated. Yes, that is awesome. And that in and of itself is an awesome exercise and process a meditative process, a process of uh, personal transformation that people can access and, and some good things to learn from what you're teaching us here today, Judy. Uh, Judy. So tell us how people uh, can learn more about you how, or about how, what they're going to find when they pick up your book. How can people get connected with Judy Miller? Sure. So I invite them to pick up a copy of perfect a path to love, forgiveness and transformation. And it's broken up into three parts. 80% of it is like a story in a novel, so you want to read through it. 
Um, there's a handful of pages on reflections on the learnings that you can learn from the book. And then there's some very simple exercises, purposely simple, to help them embody those lessons. Um, they could pick up a copy of the book on Amazon. Um, the ebook is actually only available on Amazon. The paperback and hardcover book could be picked up at any reputable retailer. But I invite them to go to Judy, with an I, Miller.net, um, because when they buy the book, they could also get five free bonuses from some of my favorite mentors and teachers. And I know that people like free things like myself. So while they're on my website, I also have a free ebook called Awaken the Creator Within, and there's no purchase necessary. And all my social media handles are there as well. Awesome. Well, people are going to be wanting to be connected with this. We'll put all these, uh, these links and so on in our show notes uh, at drbradmiller.com. And we are certainly have been having a fascinating uh, visit here today and our connection here with Judy Miller. And we just thank you for being our, our guest here today on Beyond Adversity, where we are looking to help people indeed to move beyond adversity using principles like you've taught here, here to find our lives of peace and prosperity and purpose. Again, our guest today, we're pleased to have her with us, the author of Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation, and Judy Miller. Thank you, Judy. We do appreciate Judy Miller, the author of Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation, for being our guest here today on Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. It's all about life change, isn't it? It's all about the awe-inspiring, miraculous ways that we can uh, heal ourselves if we go to a deeper place and understand that there is a place of forgiveness that can help us overcome our fears. I'm a b- big believer in the spiritual doctrines of the Bible, and what the Bible says about this is that perfect love cast out fear. It's all about a journey. Judy helps us to follow the pathway on that journey, and she uh, is all about putting the right people in the right places in our right history in the right order in order to come to a sense of forgiveness. Here on the Beyond Adversity podcast, we help you in so many ways to follow this pathway yourself, the pathway to the life, the promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. That's how we, how we help you to navigate adverse conditions in your life. You can go to drbradmiller.com, find a free gift for you there, and back episodes of the podcast, which can be helpful to you. We're here to be helpful. So until next time, friends, this is Dr. Brad Miller, and I want to encourage you to keep your promises because there's power in a promise kept. <laughs>